Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. Well, good morning. Hey, it's great to have you here. Thanks, Dad, for saying good morning. I appreciate that. Uh, And it's great to have you here at uh, the Vine Community Church. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, we are glad you're, you're here today. And as we come, we're in a series on discipleship. You can see it right here. It's Jesus' plan for the world to know. And a couple weeks ago, one of our pastors, Mark, shared with us that there, were th- there are three main uh, categories of people. The uninterested, the d- disciples, and then thirdly, disciple-makers. And you're in one of those three categories. By the way, if you're here, here in person or online, you're in one of those three categories. Which one are you in? You know, because the disciples are not a separate separate group of super Christians. It's not about just being, having these extraordinarily gifted people, and those are the disciples. No, we're all, if we're a follower of Jesus, guess what? You are a disciple of Christ. And God wants to grow you and grow me in making disciples or becoming a disciple maker. And so so we're going to see that in this passage today, what that looks like. And discipleship really is just ordinary, normal Christianity. That's what it is. So look with me at God's wonderful word. And as we remind you each week as your pastors to say, look at this is God's word. May he have all the authority, control, and presence in our life. The lordship, would he just take over every corner of our hearts and our desires? So listen to God's word this morning. Matthew chapter four, verse 18. And while walking by the Sea of Galilee, He saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Here we find in this pretty, pretty beautiful and known passage by some is that Jesus is coming into the beginning of his earthly ministry. He's in northern Israel, And it's in and around the Sea of Galilee. That's why we see verse 18 says this. While walking by the Sea of Galilee. You know, Jesus doesn't just come and randomly choose two men, the first men he sees. He's been caring for them. In fact, we know that he knows them. And we're going to hear more about that. We know from Luke and John's gospel that Jesus had already called these men. And it was maybe a year earlier, but he had actually called Andrew and his brother Simon. And he'd actually, we know in John 142, that he'd already given Simon a new name, which was, you know, Peter. 
Peter. And so we see Jesus is this second kind of calling, if you will, and he's calling them out of their vocations, though you don't have to worry, you don't have to leave your jobs to be a Christ follower, okay? But Jesus, Jesus comes, and again, verse 18 says, it's crazy as he calls these guys to deeper discipleship. He, it says that in verse 18, for they were fishermen. Jesus doesn't choose the religious, just these religious men. He doesn't, he doesn't choose the influencers, nor does he choose people he think would best kind of build his church because they were talented. No, he chooses, and we know in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, that these guys were unschooled and ordinary men. And why would Jesus pick these guys? And we don't know fully, but I'm so glad he did, aren't you? And here's the reason why. It gives hope to every one of us. Because we don't have to be this great person or this amazing religious leader. We just have to be us. Be, be you. And follow Jesus. That's all God is calling you to do in your life. That's the big requirement Jesus put on these men and he asks of us today. So that's our first point today. It's simple. It's follow Jesus. Verse 18 or 19 says, And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. The word here, follow, means literally to walk the same road as another. And Jesus was calling these men to daily walk with him, to learn from him and imitate him. And in about three years of learning from him, they would then teach others or make disciples. And he's asking of us today this question. Will you follow me? Will you follow me? You know, we spend so much time following people and stuff, like on social media. Anyone get on social media? <clears throat> it's just crazy, and, and I want to just sort of do my public repentance, if you will, because, <clears throat> okay, forgive me, I love following the Falcons draft and all that's going on there. And I like the Braves too. Almost any Atlanta team, unlike Pastor Tim, I've repented of all my other teams and I have become Atlanta-based. Okay? So, and I love all Atlanta. But I am like crazy about just loving Loving sports or that kind of stuff. And you might not like sports, that's okay. But are you looking at your phone a lot? Are you following different people? Maybe it's about your money. Maybe it's about your smarts, your influence, your looks. I don't know what it is, but you're probably following others pretty closely and maybe doing it a little too much. Um, <clears throat> you can fact check me on this. I just looked at it this morning. You know how many times the average person touches their phone in a day? 20, over 2,100 times. Touches their phone. And we open our phones the average daily of 150 times. 
Look, if you're a Christ follower, this is not meant to shame you or guilt you, but are you opening your Bible or your phone app on your Bible, your Bible app once a day? Are you following Jesus? Are you following all these others? You know, God calls us to say, follow. He says simply, follow me. And we are to live united with Jesus, as Pastor Tim taught us last week, that we're trusting the prompts of the Holy Spirit as he aligns us in his wonderful word. Who are you spending daily time with? Who are you imitating in your life? You see, following Jesus requires leaving our old life. We have to leave things. And even people, not physically, but we have to leave that kind of attraction to kind of like, they are the, my primary happiness. We've got to realize that and say, no, I reject that. I am not going to let any person or anything become the primary center of my hope or happiness. Matthew 4, again, verse 19 says, And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. I mean, did anyone think that's crazy? I mean, these guys left, they're working hard, they're at their job, something they knew from as children. And they, this was their dad's business, and they left it. And they just followed Jesus. Well, and it is kind of crazy. We'll hear more about this. But this was the rabbinical tradition of how they did it in that day. They followed their master, their rabbi, their teacher. <clears throat> but in, in our faith, we know there's a spiritual application. Are we willing to kind of step out and follow, follow Jesus and be willing to go to the unknown, perhaps? Follow him wherever he leads us. And we don't always know exactly what that's going to look like. I think that a lot of us see these, these <clears throat> brothers, these two sets of brothers and the original 12 disciples as, you know, <clears throat> we think they almost went into a, a phone booth one day, got in and came out, and then they showed their shirt. And it says, now I am fisher of men. No, it didn't happen that way. It took a long, long time. Because they were messy because of their sin. And guess what? We are too. And God is so patient and kind in that whole process. But he will hold you to continue to follow him and to continually align your life with his word. You know, this takes time and... and, and it's a deep internal change that it's not just on the outside what you look like, it's in your heart. And we are growing in our lives, many of us here in this church at the Vine, saying, Lord, Holy Spirit, help us to leave these other things, what is sinful and selfish, and help us to be good with following you and being with you in the journey of life. You see, this process of following Jesus with your heart and mind, again, takes time. It's a process that is never finished until our lives are over. We're always in this. Verse 18, again, look at it, please. 
while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. You see, they were willing to leave their old life and allow God, Jesus, to change their hearts. They had been in the category of an uninterested, and now they're in the category, likely, of disciple. But in about however many years, few years, they would be disciple makers. So that's the second point of this sermon. And it just comes from our text is that Jesus makes us fishers of men. Fishing for men. You're like, what is that? Well, the, these, these four brothers didn't know what that meant either. It, another way we could say fishers of men is making disciples. And it's hard because in our own strength, we cannot do this. We are powerless without God and his strength. We have to learn to follow him. And his word says, look at it again. It says, follow me and what? I will make you. I will make you fishers of men. It's not about you getting into a great program of evangelism or getting the right formula or even you figuring it out in your Christian life. Follow Jesus. Simply wherever he goes, Follow Jesus. Attach yourself to Jesus in a spiritual way, in the ways that his word teaches us to do. And it's, he knows exactly what's good for you and what's not good for you. And we really need to continue to grow in following him. And it takes the pressure off, right? When we do this, he has promised that he'll do everything we need to make us fishers of men. And I take comfort of that because Christ will train us. And as he conforms us more and more into his likeness, we will grow more and more in sharing him with others. As we grow in our trust for Jesus, he will grow our capacity for other people to grow and know him. But before we're able to pass his grace on to others, first we have to see our hearts grow in trusting him and his grace. And it's not, <clears throat> that's not a sequential thing or an order thing. We're, we're to continue to say, Lord, grow me. Grow me by your grace so that I can share more and more of your grace and your life with others. And, and uh, before he helps us to pass his grace on to others, he grows our hearts in relying on his word, as we've been telling you, teaching you. We've got to know his, his word, which is like a compass for our life, to direct us and teach us and guide us. And we have to know Jesus. We have to know whom the person we are leading others to before we can lead others to him. Do you know Jesus? Are you growing and knowing him. I love what verse 21 talks about is this idea of mending. And, and, and God actually mends our brokenness. 
And it says in verse 21, and going on from there, he saw two brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. And in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, he called them. You see, these, these fishermen knew how to repair nets. That was their trade. They had reliable tools and they know how to, knew how to go and catch fish. That was what they grew up knowing. And some of you, you know your vocation, you know your trade. You know how to do this well. But Jesus was not just coming to just see their nets mended. He was coming to see them mended first. These disciples, like us, needed their hearts mended. You remember Peter, Simon, who was named Simon. Previously, Simon, who was named Peter. He was this incredibly impulsive guy. And then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were nicknamed in Mark chapter 3, verse 17 by Jesus. He called them, you sons of thunder. (laughs) And the reason is, they got angry. They were competitive. We see it throughout the stories of the New Testament. And Jesus changed them. Do you remember how, for example, John the one brother, the son of Zebedee, the son of thunder, he was this angry, competitive guy. What did he write in, in, in the word of God? He wrote the gospel of John in the three letters at the end of the New Testament. He became, he was a son of thunder, an angry man, and he, through God's Holy Spirit and the work of his word, became known as the apostle of love. You see, God wants to change you. He wants to grow you. And he wants to take you through this process of mending your hearts. Again, this word for mending in the Bible literally is used in Ephesians 4.12 where it talks about that's the role of what pastors, pastor dudes do the work of, of preaching and teaching and equipping which is that word for mending. It could just as well say, and mending the saints. Equipping the saints or mending the saints for the work of ministry. We need the mending of God, our spiritual hearts due to our sin. And Jesus led his 12 to heart change. He arose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and poured out his Holy Spirit. And when he did, They grew as ministers of his good news whose hearts were being and continuing to be mended. You know, it's hard. It had to be hard for these brothers to leave these jobs. But their bigger struggle was leaving their sin and self-reliance. That's our harder challenge too. We don't easily give in. We want what we want when we want it. And God increasingly <clears throat> helped kill their sin and grow them in boldness to share Jesus with others. It was a process. It was a lifetime process. But it was God's work in them. And he wants to do that same work in you and me. And he wants to be central in your life and all your relationships. <clears throat> Verse 22, it says, Immediately, they left the boat and the, their father and followed him. And James and John left their father who was, 
He was relying on their sons to fish and to sustain their business. But look what happened. See, it says immediately they left, which meant straight away or right now. They left. And this word immediately is used throughout the Mark's gospel especially. But give these guys credit. They left their jobs here, Scripture says, quickly, even though we know at the end of a few years with Jesus, when he went to the cross, I mean, Peter denies Jesus three times. James and John and all the disciples, these 12, leave him and abandon him. He dies alone on the cross. Their hearts needed to be mended, changed, grow. And when he rose from the dead and ascended to heaven and he poured out his Holy Spirit and the word of God worked deeply in them, they were changed. Not overnight, but they were changed radically and wonderfully to not just be uninterested, not just to be disciples, they became disciple makers. And we know from Matthew 28, the Great Commission, he calls us all to be that. We're all, we're all to grow and ultimately become those who make disciples who make disciples. So, <clears throat> will you follow Jesus? Look, these two brothers, sets of brothers, didn't know exactly where Jesus was headed to, but they knew who Jesus was. They trusted him. Are you trusting Jesus? Are you willing to follow him today? You know, their families were important to them and they didn't abandon them. We know that from the rest of scripture. But Jesus became the bullseye, the very center of their hopes and dreams. Are you willing to follow Jesus wherever he is leading you? You see, today, if you're in the uninterested category of people, if you follow others, and that's where you find your primary hope and happiness or purpose in your life, it's not going to lead to what you're thinking it's leading. It only leads to destruction and disappointment. I want to encourage you today, if you don't know Christ as your God, your Savior, Maybe you've been in that uninterested category that you would simply say, God, I'm willing to leave these other things and follow you. I'm willing to trust you. And today, you know, many of us in this room or online today are <clears throat> probably in the category of disciple. We're, we're a follower of Jesus But are we making disciples? That's what God has called every one of us to today. And again, we're somewhere in this journey. Where are you? And, and how, is, how is God, what is God calling you to leave today? Some of us, it's to 
leaves some of you. I don't know, maybe it is. For me, I know. Leave some of my ESPN apps. Do that less frequently. Just don't rely on this stuff. I mean, these crazy, silly little things can consume our lives. What's consuming your life? Who are you following? What are you following? Are you willing to leave and say, Jesus, teach me to follow you more and more? So are you progressing today to become his disciple maker? And as we come to the Lord's Supper today, I want you to meditate on this question. What do you have to leave to follow Jesus? What do you have to leave to follow Jesus? Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Please, God, work in our hearts today to grow us, even to help us to trust you. We praise you, Lord, that you are reliable, trustworthy, full of love, amazingly patient and kind. We can trust you. You are sovereign in your power. You are worthy, Lord. Thank you. As we come to your table, let us enjoy this meal. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at thevinecc. Have a great week.